Welcome to No Matter What. I'm Hannah Seymour, and this podcast is all about being who God created you to be no matter what. No matter your past, your current circumstances, no matter your relationship status, your career journey, no matter what life throws at you. Each episode, I invite a friend to talk about what that actually looks like, how to be who God created you to be no matter what. Welcome to another episode of No Matter What. Y'all know I'm Hannah Seymour, and today I am so excited to have Gary Thomas on the phone. Gary is a best-selling author. He's an international speaker. His books have been translated into more than a dozen languages, won numerous awards. I mean, he really is a thought leader in areas of marriage, parenting, spiritual formation. I have read several of his books. I can't recommend them enough. You may have heard of Sacred Marriage, Sacred Search, Cherish. Another book I tell a lot of folks about is Nine Must-Have Conversations for a Doubt-Free Wedding Day. For those of you that are dating and in a serious relationship, such a good book to go through. And his most recent book, When to Walk Away. And I wanted to call Gary and talk about how do we be who God created us to be in difficult relationships and in toxic relationships. So Gary, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Hannah. Oh man, this is a gift. Truly, I have read so many of your books and it's just, I'm just thrilled to talk to you today. So Your book, When to Walk Away, it starts with you talking about, I mean, you have spent decades in ministry and what you called playing spiritual offense and something or or a few things, I guess, are happening in life and you realize maybe you need to start playing spiritual defense. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. Well, there, there were two shocks for me. The first is finding out what was going on. And the second one was a wise friend's counsel. I didn't anticipate either. The first was just a guy, I I didn't know the issue he had with me. And when I found out what was going on and being said, including some lies, that just didn't make sense to me. I mean, I I get, Hannah, if somebody just doesn't like me. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably a hundred reasons not to like me. (laughs) No, no. But just to sort of have this campaign against me that I didn't, Uh because I always... So once things sort of came to light, I have a a wonderful friend in in San Diego who's been a marriage and family therapist for 35 years. He he loves God. He knows scripture. He's just a great counselor. And we're we're best of friends. And I I was just talking to him about it. And he knew a little bit about the situation. So how do I respond now? I'm going to see him. Do I I have to do a direct confrontation here? How do I enter this? And I was shocked when he, and there are more, issues than we can get into here but just to make it short him knowing the extenuating circumstances said gary my recommendation is that you not engage him at all wow i was shocked i i I just i wasn't even sure that could be a christian response and then he kind of ended with this i want you to go to the book of luke count how many times jesus let somebody walk away with him without jesus giving chase or how many times jesus chose to walk away well, I, I was intrigued, Hannah, and um, I'm not clinically OCD, but I live in the neighborhood right next door to it. <laughs> so when a man I respect tells me to go to the book of Luke, I go to all four gospels and I literally annotated them. I, I wrote them down and I came up with 41 occurrences, 41 citations. Now, some of the synoptic gospels refer to the same events, sure. but still 
41 citations where Jesus chose to walk away from somebody without there being resolution or repentance on the part of the other person or occasions where Jesus chose to walk away from them. They weren't all toxic people. Many were, but it just, it was one of those, how could I not see this? It was in there so often. And, and for years, you know, one of my favorite verses to preach on is Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. And it's so common that my wife told me one time, Gary, you know, it's, possible to preach on Matthew 6.33 or uh, to preach a sermon without using Matthew 6.33. And I told her, I I know it is, but it's hard for me. But here's how blind I was, Hannah. Seven verses after Matthew 6.33, when Jesus launches a church on the offense, seek first the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That means God's agenda is more important than your agenda. You're focused on what God has called you to do. Then seven verses later, Matthew 7, 6, he says, but don't throw what is holy to dogs Mm. or cast your pearls before swine or else they'll turn and tear you to pieces. Mm. So just after Jesus says, go on the offense, make spreading my kingdom the force of your life, Jesus then adds, but be careful because there are some nasty people out there that not only won't receive what you're giving them, even though what you're giving them is good, they're going to turn and tear you to pieces. And mm. Jesus is saying, I, I don't want you to have to experience that. Mm. I put that together, Hannah, with the whole notion of Jesus's passion for more workers. When yeah. he, when he pleads with his pray for more workers, that there aren't enough of it. There aren't enough people seeking first the kingdom of God. And so I think Jesus is saying, if there aren't enough of us, those of us who are committed to that need to be wise about our time and our resources and energy and also sort of preserve ourselves enough so that we have something to give to others. And toxic people aren't going to change. Toxic people aren't going to repent. What we need to do is really kind of protect ourselves for the sake of our ministry and our future ministry. Mm-hmm. So help me understand what is the delineation between a difficult relationship and a toxic relationship that's it's really key the challenge is it takes me three chapters to answer that but let me try to (laughs) here's a main difference every toxic person is difficult but not every difficult person is toxic okay the one sentence delineation is a toxic person is taking pieces out of you Mm. They're destroying you somewhat. And the, the three labels I use, not, not every toxic person has every one of these, but they tend to be very controlling. They're going to control. You will do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. The reason that's so toxic is that we're to seek first the kingdom of God. And when somebody says, I will make you do what I want you to do by saying, oh, you're hurting me if you don't do it, or I will threaten you if you don't do it, or I'm going to tell others about you if you don't do it. They're trying to control us. And that's so against God who says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Mm -hmm. And it's so against the example of Jesus who let others walk away. So when somebody's trying to control you, they're trying to become your God with a little G. And they're using tactics that God himself doesn't use. Mm. The second thing is they tend to have a murderous spirit. That sounds melodramatic. But if you look at their life, they destroy small groups. They destroy office environments. They may be killing your joy, 
your peace and your self-confidence. And, and good-hearted people, Hannah, might say, well, it seems selfish if I'm worried about them destroying my peace or my self-confidence. Yeah. But when you read in scripture that says the joy of the Lord is our strength, yeah. when they destroy our joy, they're making us weak. When they destroy our self-confidence, we get into another environment. Well, I shouldn't speak up. It just messed up last. I don't know if I have anything to say. I don't even know what is right. I feel like I'm losing my mind. They're undercutting your basis for you to give and feed others. So if you see somebody where they're, they're just destroying you, mm-hmm. they've destroyed others, they've destroyed environments and churches, you realize that's just a toxic person. Mm-hmm. They like to do what Satan does to steal, to kill, and to destroy instead of following God, who's the creator of life. Jesus, I've come that might have life and have it abundantly. So I'm looking at the pattern of their life. Is it producing life or is it producing death? And then finally, they love to hate. There's this two great lists in the book of Colossians for healthy behavior and unhealthy behavior. The healthy behavior that we should all aspire to, Paul says, is compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, and love. That's what we should want to be. We should want to be people who are kind, who are compassionate, who are gentle, who are patient, who are loving. Then he warns against those who come alive. And this is what toxic people do. They come alive. They're most energized when they express anger, mm-hmm. rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. Mm. So a healthy person loves to encourage others. Yeah. If they speak a word that blesses somebody, that makes them feel just as good. A toxic person gets a sick thrill out of making somebody feel small, out of undercutting some, out of turning two friends against each other, out of making people in an office, church, or family hate each other. When they're angry and enraged, that's when they're most alive and most energized. For them, a day in which, for instance, in a marriage, you want mutually encouraging people raising a loving family, that's boring to a toxic person. A church setting where everybody's seeking first God's kingdom, working together, expressing their gifts, that's boring to a toxic person. They need the intrigue of turning people against each other, watching people start to hate each other. Mm. Now, we all can do the anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. The difference, and is that if you do that and you're convicted of it, you repent yeah. and say, that's not who I want to be. Yeah. A toxic person gets life from spreading death. Mm. So going back to your second category, and you talk about this more in When to Walk Away, I totally have someone in my life that drives me crazy, right? I mean, I think most of us have this one person that drives us crazy. I It's hard for me to go, oh, I think that person's toxic. I, I think it's, I mean, I want to go, I think, I think it's sin in me. Like, I think I'm the yeah, issue. I know. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, help me out. <laughs> Here's how awful I am because I really do go toward the codependent side of the spectrum. And I would in the past, if there was an issue with somebody, I, let me use this analogy. Let's say you consider it a toxic person as someone who just has really bad breath. Okay. You know, they eat garlics, leeks, onion, gas station, sushi, all that kind of thing. And they're breathe on you and it's horrible. Here's yeah. what I would have said in previous years, Hannah. God, please heal my nose. <laughs> there must be something <laughs> wrong with my nose. I don't want to be the, 
you know, the yeah. judgmental person who yeah. says this person's breasting. So help, please make it so that their breath doesn't stink to me. And God would say to me, Gary, your nose is accurate. You mm. need to know there's something toxic coming out of that mouth. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would always put the angst on me. And that sounds so humble where I was convicted is I realized there was a little bit of pride in it. Because I was thinking, one, I'm the only person that can help them, which is wrong. Mm -hmm. And number two, I had this messianic complex that if I'm just surrendered to God, yep. uh, open to the Holy Spirit, applying scriptures, acting in love, that everybody will eventually come to the light and see the truth. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen to the real Messiah. Plenty of people rejected Jesus. Yeah. Plenty of people rejected Peter. Plenty of people rejected John, the apostle of love. Who am I to think I'm going to bat a hundred? And, and what I found, and Hannah, what I think you'll find if you keep on with that relationship, there isn't a single toxic person I've worked with and some that just haunted me where I wasn't present in my marriage. I wasn't present with my kids. Yeah. I wasn't present with my other relationships. I could lose sleep at night awful. and yeah. it didn't produce anything mm. it just ultimately we we had to go our own way when a toxic person brings death it's usually the death of a relationship but boy the casualties of time and other relationships are frightening when i think about it so mm. um i i just found if i'm not going to change them <laughs> if i'm not capable of it then why don't i just engage in healthy relationships mm -hmm. and that that's such a key point Hannah, that I really want to stress. I'm not talking about walking away because I'm all of that or I'm so important um, or that I don't want to be bothered. As a Christian, I live to be bothered. I mean, I, I pray yeah. all the time, Lord, let me be open to those divine moments. It's not that I have an inflated view of myself as if I'm so important or that I want to just go binge watch Netflix. Right. It's that I want to be engaged in healthy relationships. I'm, I'm willing to be bothered. I pray all the time, Lord, let me be open to those divine appointments yeah. that aren't planned by me, that you want me to reach out to someone. But realizing that the time is short, that there aren't enough workers, I just want to be more fruitful with mm -hmm. my time. And I've just learned that dealing with a toxic person is like trying to plant seeds on an on a highway. Mm -hmm. It's like taking out I-10. You could go from the West Coast to the East Coast on I-10 with the best, most fertile, genetically modified seed you can find, and it's not going to grow because it doesn't grow on the highway. And that's what it is with a toxic person's part. That's what I think Jesus was getting at with Matthew 7, 6, that give yourself to my kingdom, Matthew 6, 33, but Matthew 7, 6, but realize that some people hate what you're doing yeah. and they'll try to destroy you, even though you're talking with them to bring life. So I want to move towards one of the things that I felt like as I was reading your book, what I just kept hearing over and over was this isn't about protecting yourself from toxic people. It's about protecting your mission. And I yes. want to move towards talking about that, the bigger idea of protecting your mission, but for folks listening, I know they're like, okay, so I have a toxic relationship. Well, what on earth do I do about it? So what to help us, what does spiritual defense look like if we've identified and, and not just practical tactics, but like, what if we can't get rid of this person? What if they're in our family or they're our boss yeah. and we can't yeah. leave our job? Yeah. 
Well, it, it really depends on your station in life. I mean, if you're an adult with toxic parents, you may need physical distance. Yeah. Um, th that can be legitimate. But, but in the same instance, if I had small kids and I had a toxic sibling, I don't, I have a great family. But if I did, I wouldn't necessarily want to walk away from the entire family yeah. to avoid that one toxic. But here's what I would do. I would walk into the next room if he or she started being toxic, I'm mm. going to go find uh, a nephew or a niece to listen to, to encourage, to enjoy. I'm going to go listen to one of the older people that always like to give their wisdom or whatnot. But I'm, I, I'm going to try to create redemptive and healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing at work. I think if it's toxic enough, uh, I, I would be willing to consider changing jobs yeah. if I had to be. Uh, with that person. Sometimes that's not an option. You need a job and you're looking elsewhere. But um, I, I share the story of one woman who felt like she needed to stay in a toxic environment just as a pioneer. I mean, there was a lot of yeah. misogynistic stuff going on and she felt like she could handle it, that she had a relationship with her overall boss that allowed her. And so she just did some healthy things to build herself up. She would have healthy conversations on the phone during the work week. She wouldn't she wouldn't own the toxicity of the other people. She would realize, you know what, more than I'm just going to stew over this guy, I'm going to pray for his wife and, mm -hmm. and others because, because if that's how he acts toward women, boy, it must be miserable. Mm -hmm. for her. So mm -hmm. th there are ways that we can mentally walk mm -hmm. away. Um, I, I think the main thing, Hannah, is not to let ourselves be manipulated by them. Mm -hmm. If someone is honestly convinced God is calling me to invest this time, and I would say if you get objective counsel so it's not just your false guilt directing you, then then I, I don't think you have to worry about it. But then you're responding to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're not responding to false guilt. You're not responding to threats. You're not responding to a toxic neediness. I mean, mm -hmm. toxic people can be very creative. <laughs> You're the only one that can help me. Yeah. If you don't help me, I'm going to ruin you. Yep. Uh, if you don't help me, I'm going to tell everybody how awful you are. So I mean, those are three different motivations. Mm -hmm. and, and I've seen the same toxic person engage all three weapons at the same person yep. because they often just won't give up because that controlling is, is part of their nature. Yep. So I, I think Jesus makes it clear that our top allegiance is to him. Sure. And in several verses, he puts it over father, yeah. mother, spouse, children, yeah. siblings, everybody. Yeah. And so if a relative, even if a relative is undercutting our call before God, Jesus is pretty clear about where we put our allegiance and where we spend our time. Mm. Not again because we're all that, but one, our message is too important. Mm -hmm. It is the most important message, God reconciling the world to himself mm -hmm. and then reconciling us to each other. I mean, that would solve every issue we're facing yeah. today, Anna, yeah. if we would take the implicate. And second, not because of who we are, but because of who the Holy Spirit is within us. Yeah. And, and if this book can encourage your listeners to consider how powerfully God can use them as they surrender to the work of the Spirit, then they realize every day matters. Every yeah. hour matters. 
I'm in the Olympics. I need to be training. I need to be getting ready. I need to watch my spiritual diet. I need to keep my strength up because this matters more than the physical Olympics. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I think as in general, it sounds humble to dismiss ourselves, but when we do that, we're discounting the power of God to use us. Yeah. That's near heretical. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to interrupt this conversation for a second to tell you about a couple things. One, each month in 2020, I'm choosing a book of the Bible to study, and I would love for you to join me. You can learn all about it on my Instagram, and you can even download a reading guide to help you. The guide is to give you a super simple, flexible, and really a practical guide in helping you get in a rhythm of reading your Bible and seeing how it can impact your life. Second, I'm running a major sale on my book, The College Girl Survival Guide. It is the perfect high school graduation gift or just a sweet way to encourage a current college student you know and love. You can even ship the book directly to her with a note from you. Go to hannahseymour.com for more info and use the discount code no matter what, all one word, all lowercase, no matter what at checkout. All the time we're all kind of downplay something I'm teaching or working on. And I mean, my dad will say, Hannah, God uses people. <laughs> like yes. You matter. You It matters that you're showing up and being faithful and being obedient. Okay, my eye on the prize, getting to our mission. But one last pushback, if you will, that I'm wrestling with. So, okay, Jesus walked away. It's about priorities. We don't want to be spending time on draining people. We want to be spending time on our mission and people who are teachable and, you know, who are going to be great disciples and make other disciples. What do I do with Romans 12, 18? If it's possible, and I know as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It feels like if I'm walking away, I'm like giving up on that as far as it depends on me, peace with everyone. Well, I, see, I think the opposite um, <laughs> in that that's the best way to create peace sometimes. Yeah. I, I've said this even yeah. in marriage, Anna, and look, I have devoted my life to helping even difficult marriages be reconciled. Yeah. I mean, I think people yeah. know that. They know my yeah. book, Sacred Marriage, Cherish, A Lifelong Love. Yeah. But here's the thing I've told some women who have let false guilt even keep them in abusive relationships where, Hannah, some of them are being destroyed. Wow. And I think it breaks the heart of God. And I'm just saying this. If your husband can't be around you without destroying you, mm. you're serving him by not being with him and not letting mm. him do that. He will be judged for doing that. Mm. Um, and I look at it this way, you know, maybe the problem is with me. You know, fire is good. Gasoline is good. But you put the two together, there might be an explosion. Yeah. Maybe there's just something about me that ticks the person off. And so I can humbly say, look, I'm sorry. But th this is not healthy for you. It's not healthy for me. I'm never more tempted to act in a toxic manner than when I'm interacting with the toxic person. Mm -hmm. So part of it is self-defense because I'm, I'm likely to respond in a toxic way. So if a healthy person comes to me and says, Gary, you're, you know, you're being condescending, you're being dismissive, I assume I'm wrong. And I'm searching before God. Yeah. Show me my blindness. Yeah. I, I want to grow. I have a lot of people that speak into my life. But if I come to loggerheads with somebody, I'll say, you know what, you pray for me, I'll pray for you, and we'll go our own ways. And Hannah, healthy people accept that. Yeah. If somebody said that to me, I'd say, you know what, that sounds wise, let's do it. When somebody can't accept that, 
that sort of shows the toxicity. It sort of shows a desire that they're going to control you because it's just a healthy thing to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't have an intense relationship with everybody in the world. You, you've got to make choices. And I think you come to a point sometime where you say, hey, this, this just isn't working. Now, let me add one caveat. A, a pastor after Window Walk Away came out did a series on it for, at his church. Wow. And I loved what he said in one of the sermons because he had a very toxic dad. Wow. And he said, I just want to remind you, walking away isn't writing off. Mm. And I, I think the parable of the prodigal son, when the prodigal returned, the father ran toward him and wrapped his arms around his knees. Now, he didn't wrap his arms around his knees when the prodigal son left. That's right. It, he let him, leave. He yeah. let him walk away. Yeah. But he, he welcomed hmm. him back. And so if a toxic person has a genuine repentance yeah. and humility and it's tested, I'm not saying that, no, you were toxic once, you never get back in. Yeah. That's atrocious. Yeah. But it does mean that there may be a time when we just simply have to keep distance between ourselves mm -hmm. because spiritually it doesn't honor God. We're not honoring each other and it's not productive. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's talk about this whole concept of protecting your mission. So first where I want to start is, I mean, spell it out for us. What, if we are a believer in Jesus Christ, what is my mission? We're not just saved, we're enlisted. And it comes from 2 Corinthians 5.10, and he died for all. We usually think so that we could go to heaven. Yeah. It's not what Paul says. He died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Mm. So Paul is saying Christ died to enlist you into his purpose. And that's what he means when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then repeated uh, in you know, the great commission, go therefore make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now, Jesus says we're to be looking for people who want to obey what Jesus has commanded us. Yeah. They want to be enlisted in the same work of redemption. Paul expresses it very clearly in 2 Timothy 2.2 when he says, Timothy, whatever you've heard me say, entrust to reliable people mm -hmm. who be qualified to teach others. So Jesus puts a standard of you're to work with people that they might not be obedient now, but they want to. You have the mm -hmm. same end. And Paul is saying reliable people, not toxic people, who are qualified to pass on, teach others. That doesn't mean they're going to be a pastor. It doesn't mean they're going to lead a podcast like you do. It, it, it doesn't it, – it means – could mean one-to-one, -one, but they're going to pass on yeah. what yeah. they're learning. And so our mission is to receive all we can from God, whether it's because we've been an addict, whether because you've been a mom whether because you've been a sibling, whether you've had a toxic mom or a great mom or whatever it is, and you're passing that on to others, whether you're in academia, whether you're in athletics, whether you're in media, with local church, you're just saying, God, you've given me certain gifts, resources, time, and experience. How do I use that to build your name? Not my own, not my bank account, not my reputation, mm -hmm. not my social media following. I, I just want to pass on what you've given me to learn to others. Hmm. So I, I think the healthiest life, you have your mentor um, 
your your Paul. Mm -hmm. You also have your Timothy, mm -hmm. your your person you're discipling, and then you have your you know brothers or sisters in Christ that are sort of your your compatriots. Cheers. So we're uh -huh. we're learning, we're teach, we're mentoring, and then we're shoulder to shoulder walking with others. If we do that, and we just don't have time for toxic people. It's mm. not like we're hard hearted, but look, somebody that's training for the Olympics and they're training four or five hours a day. And, and somebody says, Hey, come on out to this festival for six hours. We'll get done at midnight. They're going to say, well, I, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. It might sound fun, but I've got something more important to do. I've got to get up for my workout. I just wish we had the same seriousness about our spiritual training yeah. as some people do about their physical training. Yeah, no, that's good. When you talked about that second Timothy two, two and when to walk away and how that helped you choose who you're meeting with. Are they reliable? Are they, that was an eye opener for me just thinking about sometimes I take a lot of coffee meetings. Sometimes I shut them all down and I mean, it doesn't matter who asks. Like I just, I don't have the capacity in the next two months or whatever, but, but it was a good question and filter, I think, for me to put through, you know, my time is precious. And I don't say that pridefully. Everyone's time is precious. Yes. We all only have yes. so many hours in a day and we're all juggling different jobs and responsibilities and relationships, you know, family, all, all of that. So to think through who am I giving away my precious time to, my precious days to, and are they going to be I guess, as you said, teachable and, and, and go on and do the same. But you're really saying if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, your mission, your job is to be growing in your walk with the Lord and to be essentially helping someone else to grow. Absolutely. The kingdom advances through redeemed people. Yeah. And so it's not just that I'm trying to become this great, tree that everybody admires as the strongest tree and the the best looking tree i'm trying to plant a forest that's really what a christian is doing that's good and so often when somebody's just focused on how big their ministry is their social media following is their churches how many books they're selling they're just trying to be this huge gigantic tree the redwood forest that everybody goes wow look at that tree well that's fine for this world, but mm. if you want to be rewarded in the next world, you should be all about planting a forest. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's good. And you can do that no matter where you are in life, what stage you're in, what career you have, literally wherever God has planted you. My dad talks a lot about your sphere of influence. Like God has put you in a specific place at a specific time, and that's your sphere. And yeah. you can run hard and fast after those things within your sphere. And sometimes it's very religious. I use that not as a negative word, but where you're actually sharing your faith and calling somebody mm -hmm. to faith. And sometimes you're just there. I, I read this wonderful account of a woman. She was, it was a hot day. Her son was screaming. She was in New York City. She's got a stroller, but she's got five other things. But she had to carry her baby trying to push the stroller. So she's only got one hand and it's really awkward and going up and she's just losing it. And she can see the judgment of other people. And other people are saying that, well, she's going to be a terrible, she must be a terrible. And this man just looked out the window, just this wonderful man. And he smiled at her, which caught her attention. Mm. And he just said, 
maybe he's training to be an opera singer. <laughs> and he laughed and she laughed. And it was just that little act of kindness mm -hmm. where you bring light and compassion into the world. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, where I blow it, Hannah, is when I'm driving. Um, <laughs> because if I'm just to show kindness, compassion, gentleness, and patience. It. I know it. When I'm, man, I don't want anybody no. to judge me. But that's my job as a believer on the highways yeah. of Houston, Texas. Yeah. I should be displaying when I get in the car, Lord, let me be compassionate, kind, patient, yeah. gentle. Yeah. Um, instead of anger, rage, malice, yeah. Yeah. filthy yeah. language. I mean, that's like yeah. all of those oh. I could be tempted. So it's just being transformed. And I, Hannah, here's what I love. I love the life of Christ because it means it's a life of malice for none. I'm for everyone. Mm. I might oppose what they're doing, but my ultimate desire is that they join all of those who are seeking first the kingdom of God. I don't want anybody to be damned. Mm. I want all to be saved. The Bible says God desires all would be saved. So I want to yeah. join in with God's desire. Yeah. And I can say, I'm not against you. I might... If you're a toxic person in the office, I oppose what you're doing destroying the office. And yeah. if I'm the boss, I'm going to fire you. Yeah. But I'm going to fire you hoping that you'll wake up to your toxic ways and become the kind of person who encourages, who blesses, who serves instead of destroying and controlling mm -hmm. and hurting. Mm -hmm. But I like the fact that as Christians, we're called to be for everyone. And as Christians, that means helping them to be reconciled to God and reconciled to each other. Okay. One thing you talk about in When to Walk Away is that you hope that it would encourage folks to stop engaging in fantasy arguments with toxic people <laughs> and Facebook fights online. Uh, I want you to, I mean, tell me straight, why, why are Facebook fights online and fantasy arguments with toxic people, why are those not worth my time? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the reason that fantasy fights don't help is that all you're doing is thinking what that other person needs to hear. Mm. If they're toxic, they're not going to hear it. Yeah. In fact, if they know that they're hurting you, they'll get a sick thrill out of it. Mm. It's disgusting. It's perverted, but they will because that's gets, oh, I'm really getting under her skin. I'm really getting... And so, you know, it's a cliche. Everybody's heard it a million times. But when you get in a fight with a pig, you both get messy, but the pig enjoys it. That's that's <laughs> what you're doing there. And the fantasy fights doesn't assume I, I especially with spouses where hopefully it's not mm. toxic. But I realize the danger of that is I'm lecturing. It sounds so awful, but I, I'm lecturing my wife without listening to my wife. Yeah. Well, that's not going to help anything. Yeah. Right? But then on, on Facebook, I just say, how, how's that working for you? Right. I almost I wanted to joke one time because, you know, we're, we, there's so many contentious issues right now. Well, there's coronavirus, the protests yeah. we're seeing yeah. with all of that. I wanted to post, hey, we need one more opinion to convince us. I'm sure <laughs> you have the one opinion that everybody will say, oh, you know, and, and totally. all of this conflict will be resolved. Because, totally. But obviously, we kind of think that because we keep throwing it in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just thinking, let's make the best use of our time. And I've found when somebody comes to me and says, Gary, I'm really struggling with this. What does God have to say about it? Mm -hmm. They're, man, they're just like a sponge. 
if I go to somebody, this is so offensive, you should do this. Yeah, that's about 5% as effective. Yeah. If God hasn't prepared him to receive that, it's 0% effective. Hmm. And so that's where hmm. we find the people that Jesus says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. Do they want to be taught? And then are they reliable people who will teach others? If not, let me spend my time with those that do. Because, yeah. boy, it, when people have this mission-mindedness, Anna, and you you kind of referred to your, your dad about this, the older they get, the more important it becomes. Mm. And so I think people in your age set and probably a lot of your, your listeners, man, if you learn this lesson now mm. – you don't have to wait until you're in your 50s or 60s and kind of see the end, but you can make the best use of every day because I tell you, it's true that they get shorter <laughs> the longer they yeah. go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's so good. I, I literally was just pondering, like, how do I wake up? And the first thing I think about is, hello, Lord. And then what's my mission for today? I mean, we know what the big picture mission is and then little picture. And, and how do I keep that on my forefront? And it's not just protecting my mission from toxic people. I mean, we are bombarded, right? I mean, from the moment we may wake up to the moment we go to sleep with things vying for our attention. And yes. most of them are not helping us stay on mission. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's radical. It's radical to think, how do I eliminate or push things to the side that are really distracting me from what God has put me on the earth to do today? Because you do have a purpose for today. I mean, um, Howard Hendricks, who was a longtime mentor, really a spiritual father for my dad, he would say, if you're alive, God's got something for you to do today. Amen. And I mean, Amen. you could be 98 years old. The God's got the God. You are on this earth for a reason. And I mean, I think I, I'm I in my mid thirties and I forget that. <laughs> I would even purpose. add, if you committed your worst sin this morning, mm. God can still use you because God, when you've repented of that and mm. you've learned the lesson from that, I'm not saying start a podcast tonight, <laughs> but, but you're, you're yeah. there isn't a Christian who isn't called. Yeah. And, and when you get that yeah. sense, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you have that unique story that we're called to give away. And that's why for me, the older I get, the longer it takes me to get going. Cause I'm just spending time in God's word. I love to read from the Christian classics then I'm usually reading a contemporary book. So in the morning, it's like my my spiritual food where I'm eating this, this, and this. And then I have a certain amount of time set aside for my deep thinking work. Mm. And I, I do that first before I get into email. And I, I probably frustrate people, Hannah, <laughs> um, because I may not respond to email right away. But I don't think at the end of my life that God will say, why were you delayed in answering email? Yeah, you didn't get back in 24 uh, hours. <laughs> but uh, there are things that I think he has called me to do that I want to say, Lord, I really believe this is yeah. what you laid before me. And this is how I tried to be yeah. faithful to that. Yeah, man, that's good. All right. So final question, talking to those people that are listening right now and thinking, yeah, I've been distracted from my mission. And whether that's a toxic relationship and I need to figure out how to put up some boundaries and, and really start being on defense, or maybe it's just realizing I didn't even realize I had a mission. What words do you have for them? What, is there a passage in scripture that you would really point them to and encourage them from? I'm such a fan of scripture and I'm, I'm such a fan of Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Mm -hmm. I would just have them 
commit those two verses to memory. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. In the Greek, it's present continuous tense. Mm. Continually keep on seeking the kingdom of God above all else is what it's saying. Wow. And then 2 Corinthians 5.10, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And, and just say that to yourself. Okay, Christ died for me so that I'm not living for myself mm. today. Is this battle about my reputation or is it about helping somebody think better of Jesus? I, mm. I say this to singles when they're breaking up and they try to blame God. And I'm saying if <laughs> I, I'm more concerned about somebody's relationship with God than with me. Yeah. And if I'm going to say something, if I'm a stronger Christian, I don't want to turn a non-Christian off of God yeah. as if God broke their heart. I'm, I'm going to own it because I still want them eventually to come to the Lord. And yeah. so it's just like th those things where you're thinking, this is not about me today. This is about seeking first God's kingdom and building God's kingdom. And so wherever you are, that you, your coworkers, the people that you come in contact with, just having that open ear with your, your family members, um, listening to, uh, yeah, I even had today this thing where I thought, you know, I wonder if I should call that person or if they need a, a, a message or something. And that's why I don't get into those Facebook fights because, yep. you know, I, I know you have this too. There are so many people. If I just took the time to send a text message or a Facebook message, hey, I was thinking about you today. I really appreciate you because mm -hmm. take me two minutes mm -hmm. and I can make their day yep. instead of firing oh. up a toxic person in a fight. It's just, yes. it's just when you can bless and encourage, you just lose the taste mm. To engage in a mud match mm, so good when to walk away by gary thomas y'all i'm telling you i read this book not thinking i've got these toxic relationships i need to get out it was so helpful to me sacred marriage if you are married and you have not read sacred marriage i don't know what you're doing you need to read it sacred search my husband has really forced so many of his single male friends to read that book. And I'm telling you, like almost all of them get married within a year because they're doing it wrong. <laughs> and they realize I need to marry a woman who loves the Lord. And then um, again, if you are seriously dating or walking towards engagement, I tell engaged couples all the time, nine must have conversations for a doubt-free wedding day. I can, I mean, I truly, Gary, I preach your books to the masses all the time. So Thank, Thank you, you for Hannah. sharing you. with us today about when to walk away and really how to be who God created you to be in the midst of toxic relationships. Okay, one last thing before you go. You know I always make sure our guests talk about some passage of scripture they really clung to during their no matter what season. And I have put all of the season one verses together in a cute, free, printable PDF that I would love to give you. Print it out and put it somewhere. You will see it every day. I know it will encourage you and help you continue to renew your mind with God's truth instead of letting your circumstances dictate your theology. You can go to hannahseymour.com slash shop or find the direct link in the show notes wherever you listen. And speaking of where you listen, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, would you take two seconds to rate and review the show? It would mean so much to me. And you know, it helps other people find it. And hopefully they'll listen and be encouraged to be who God created them to be no matter what.